0: For the persecutor.
1: Today our guest is somebody who was on prisoneralert.com, who was a prisoner for Christ in the nation of China. Our guest is Chang Ji. We will use the English name Esther to talk with her, a former prisoner for Christ in China.
2: Thank you. I'm glad I'm here.
1: We are glad that you're here as well. You know, as I have been reading your story, I understand in China, your husband was a pastor and you and he had talked about the fact that he might be arrested, he might go to jail, but then it was you who got arrested and you who went to jail. Tell me a little bit about that, how, how you made peace with the idea that he would go to jail and then how big of an adjustment was it when it was you that got arrested.
2: Yeah, you know, before we married, I know he was a pastor. I said, okay, I'm ready. Maybe someday he will be in the jail. But who knows, just uh, the government took me to the jail. Um, This for me is so hard. You know, when that time, my oldest son, just three and a half. My second one, just one and a half. We never think about they will took me to the jail.
1: What was it like the day that they came and you understood, this is serious. I'm They're arresting me. I'm going to jail.
2: Yeah. Actually, before they arrested me, you know, we every year have the summer camp. We can share gospel with the university student. I think that's why. But the, like I work in the kindergarten in China, so the education department, All call me every year, talk with me. We have a meeting. They say, hey, you need just to carry your kindergarten. Please do not do any more around the church, around the share the gospel them."
1: Now, this school was run by your church, but officials from the Department of Education visited your school and requested that you not be involved with any gospel activity. So how did you respond to that?
2: I just say, oh. Maybe okay, but then I back home with still to do that. Just that day on February 18th, on 2014, they still call me again, say, hey, come to my office, we have a meeting with you. For me, I just think about, okay, this is the normal meeting. But that day, just uh, six policemen came in and uh, took me to the office.
1: So when they called for the meeting, like you said, you just thought, you know, they do this every year. I'm just going to go down there. We're going to talk and then I'll come home. And so when the six policemen walked in, what was going on in your heart? How, how did you how did you respond to that sudden change?
2: I got a lot of peace and grace from God. You know, I don't have any scary. I don't have any worried. I just say, OK, maybe just a talk maybe around 24 hours, then I can back home. Or right now, oh, I think it's so easy, right? But they just arrest me, you know, in their two years. Actually, it's still hard for me. I miss my family. I want to free. I want to go outside to do anything. But I think God used me. I can share more gospel with the other person in the jail.
1: It seems like, Esther, that your church was targeted by the government, like the the kindergarten where you were working was affiliated with this church. Tell me a little bit about the background of the church and uh, the church was growing, obviously. Why did the government single out your church really for this type of persecution?
2: I work in the kindergarten. We use the correct materials to help the children, you know, building them, the house, the correct materials. So the government said those materials are from the Bible. They told us we were illegally to share gospel with the children. So this is illegal. This is the one reason. The second one is our church in Liu So this is the only one church service the university student. Ah, uh.
1: So there was outreach to university students, and that is what really got the government upset. Yes. How did that outreach work? Or was it people going to the university? Was it inviting university students to come to the church? How, what did that look like?
2: We invite so many students come to our church. Also, we have a small group with all the university students. We have the Bible study each week.
1: Why is it that the Chinese government is so concerned about churches like your church? What is it about the church that bothers the government so much?
2: They just don't like the university students who know more about Christian, you know, Christianity.
1: So it really was, like you say, the, the control issue. They want to control what the university students are taught, what they're thinking about, what they're reading— and your church is coming in and, and sharing information that the government doesn't like. Yeah. Was there pressure put on the pastor of the church before you were arrested?
2: No, because our church is the new one. My husband and I went to Liu It's a new church. But my husband, you know, he was working the university students long years ago. Before we married, he was in Sichuan. He's always the university student.
1: So he had had a ministry to university students for a number of years. Yes. Before you were arrested.
2: Yeah. We
1: talked a little bit about the fact that, that he was ready to be arrested, but then you were arrested. How, how was that for him, not only to be left behind at home with the children, but also to have his wife suffering instead of him suffering?
2: In the beginning, he feels so confused. He, don't, he cannot understand why, because he already. <laughs> I think the reason one is because he was full-time working in the church, like the, say, the self-employed, so the government cannot ha- find any reason for him to arrest him. But for me, I work in the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. They can find any reason arrest me. It's easy than I my husband.
1: One of the things that I think is interesting about your case is the charges against you were not she's a Christian. The charges against you were not she's evangelizing. They actually charged you with illegal business practices. Why, why were you charged with that instead of something relating to being a Christian?
2: Actually, when they arrest me, they ask a lot of questions. Say, when you became Christian, and uh, how many Christian teachers in your kindergarten, and why you use those materials to teach children. So this way, I'll show me, because I'm Christian.
1: You knew what the real reason was. Yeah. But when it came time to charge you, they charged you with a, a business crime, not a Christian crime.
2: Yeah. Why? Because you know our kindergarten have all the license needed to run the school.
1: So you had done everything legally. Yes. I mean it was it was running according to the the law but they still wanted to grab you. Yes. Talk a little bit about the curriculum. You you said it was building character in the children. Yeah. Did it quote the scripture or quote the Bible, or it was just about character and, and sort of kind of quietly?
2: All the character materials from the Bible, but we never used the Bible to teach the child. Like, we teach the child learn to obey the parents. They need generous for the, you know, the friends and thanks for or all those things, but I cannot understand why. You know, this is a good values for the children.
1: It seems like the government would want the children to be raised up to have good character. I mean, I mean, it seems like that would make them better citizens and even better students.
2: I think they just took care of those materials from Bible.
1: So anything that reflects biblical truth they're worried about.
2: Yeah, I remember when I was in the jail, you know, some police just went to see and ask me a lot of questions, and then let me sigh. I told them, I said, if you, the reason is because I'm a Christian, I will say it, but you find the other reason, I cannot say it because it's not true.
1: <laughs> so if, if you're accusing me of being a Christian, I'll plead guilty, but if you're accusing me of, of illegal business practices, that's not true. I didn't do that. Yes. How, how hard was it to adjust to being in prison? The, the first few weeks you were in prison, how difficult was that for you?
2: You know, for me, I'm a mom. They arrested me. I said, oh, how about my two young child?
1: Uh, Just to remind our listeners what you said earlier, at the time of your arrest, you had two children aged three and a half and one and a half.
2: The policeman just said, no worries. Your friends will carry them. But, you know, like a mom, I'm so worried about my children. I don't know what will be happening for them. They are so, so young that time.
1: So when you were arrested, your husband was out of town. Yeah. Oh, wow. What did happen with your children? Who took care of them and who told them your mom's not gonna be able to come home for a while?
2: Yeah, um, we have couple sisters. They still work in the kindergarten. So those sisters take care of my child.
1: So as a mom, I, I would think that every day in prison, you would have been thinking about, I wonder what my children are doing today. I wonder how they are today. How." How did you process that, or how did the Lord help you not to be worried and not to let that sort of drag you down?
2: Actually, you know, I pray a lot in the beginning. I don't know why these things happened for me. I, do, I cannot understand. I just pray, pray, pray. I think God gave me so many peaceful in that time. I feel I'm still okay. Then I think God took all the scary, all the worried from me.
1: Did your cellmates notice the peace and joy that God was giving you? Did they sense something different about you?
2: They'll say, hey, Esther, why you look like so peaceful and graceful? I say, okay, because I have God. He with me anytime, anywhere.
1: How long of a process was that? for God to kind of take away some of that worry and some of that stress. Did that happen the first day or did it happen after a couple of weeks or when did that happen? I think around
2: a month.
1: So that first month, you're really kind of worried and upset and and what's going on. And then after that, there was peace. Yes. We talked about the fact that your case was listed on prisoneralert.com and we invited people to write letters to you in prison. Did you get letters?
2: Yeah, I got some letters, you know, because I was in the jail. Before we got the letters, the policeman need to check the letters first. You know, it's from different language, from different country. They feel so hard. It's a lot of work for them. They just tell me <laughs> say uh, hey Esther stop it. We just throw away. We don't have a lot of time to reading that. But I told you you got a lot of letters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How many of letters did you actually get to have? Because they, somebody had to read the letter or had to translate the letter and then read the letter before you would ever see it. How many of them were you allowed to receive?
2: Around 20 or 30.
1: Okay, but you know there were a lot, lot more than that. Yeah. Did that affect how you were treated in prison? Did it affect how the guards responded to you or—
2: I know, you know, so many brother and sisters in Christ, they pray for me. I think I got a lot of power, I think.
1: You knew people were praying and writing letters, and it encouraged you.
2: So many people care for me, so I feel so thankful about that.
1: So some of the people who are listening to this broadcast would have been people who prayed for you while you were in prison what would you say to them if if you were speaking directly to them what would you say
2: i will i will say thank you for your all prayers uh carry our whole family let our family feel full love around us
1: amen we're talking today on voice of the martyrs radio with Cheng jia she goes by the english name esther she is a former prisoner for christ in china Esther, how did your family, how did your husband and your children, what was their spiritual state like during the two years while you were in prison?
2: You know, my husband still service the church. It's so hard for him. He, you know, sometimes he lose his faith just to pray, God, please help me. He needs a speech, you know, during the every Sunday, share the information, share the message with the other sister and brothers. He told me before the Sunday morning, his face is so low. He said, "How oh, I can stand the stage, but just to pray. And God provided him. And so on the Sunday morning, he can speak speech. And, you know, we saw thanks for our whole church. During that time, all the sister, sisters and brothers all come to the church. Nobody left the church wow. because of this case.
1: What about your kids? They were very small. Yeah. Did they understand why mom is gone, or did they? How how did they process through all of that?
2: My oldest one son, you know, just three and a half. That time, he almost cried every night. To want mommy. Oh, wow. And he learned to pray. Say, Lord, I want mommy back home. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a special experience for my children, too.
1: Do they talk about it still?
2: Uh, You know, when I back home from the prison on 2016, my oldest one still have so many trauma from this case. Every... I remember when I need to go to the market to uh, all the grocery store to buy something. He all asked me, mommy, how long you will be back home? I told him, okay, around two hours. If after two hours I didn't back home and he's so stressful and so worried about, or oh, maybe mommy gone again. So, yeah, it's a big trauma for him.
1: A big trauma. There's There's no doubt about that. I want to talk about your experience in prison as far as ministry. You you mentioned that your your cellmates would ask you why why do you look peaceful? Why are you relaxed? Did you have a lot of opportunities to to share about Christ with people in prison?
2: Yeah, actually, you know, all the police know why you know they arrested me, so they know I'm I'm a Christian. So. They put a lot of different kind women around me, like someone just sold the drug, drug, drug dealers, and someone just killed the husband, someone killed the child.
1: Did you wonder why you were being put in a cell with drug dealers and murderers?
2: I just asked the police as why you all put these people around me, but they say, "Hey, we know you can help them." So
1: they thought you'd be able to help them. Because you were a Christian,
2: yeah, I remember my first time washed the other's feet in the jail
1: literally washing their feet yeah and how did they respond to that?
2: they feel so so surprised like that now nobody can do that for them.
1: Wow. So the police would intentionally put violent hardened criminals, near you. Yeah. Because they thought you could minister to them.
2: Yeah, you know, when I was in the jail so my husband need to send money to me so we can boat anyone we need, like the paper towel, like anything. But you know, some family never send money to them. They they cannot have anything. They say, Hey, why your husband is so nice, he still care of you then I share about our Christian marriage. With them, yeah, they feel, oh, this is amazing.
1: So the prison didn't provide basic supplies, and the other prisoners noticed the love of Christ in your husband sending you the needed items. Yeah. And it really meant a lot that you would also share those things in the prison. How often were your husband and your children able to visit you?
2: After the court judged me two years, I think it's on. July, twenty fifteen, around that time is the first time my husband. So came more with than it. a
1: year after you were arrested.
2: One other a half year almost. Wow. That.
1: So how did you feel when you saw them after all that time?
2: Actually, my husband didn't bring my sons to visit me because they say maybe they get scary or you know mm. the other things. Just my husband visited me. Oh, when I first visit I was cry I miss them so much.
1: How do you encourage people to pray for Christians who are in prison after after having your own time in prison? How would you help us to pray for Christians who are in prison right now?
2: I think you know, in China nobody can walk into the jail or the center to share gospel. I think maybe in the beginning, we cannot understand what God wants we to do. But after that, I think God just wants us to share more gospel with those people. So yeah.
1: we can pray that, that they will have the strength to share the gospel.
2: Yeah. I know it's so hard for anyone. I know in the jail or in the prison, it's so hard. We need, I don't know right now, for me, during that time, we need work more than Eight hours every day. I know it's so hard, but we just uh, trust God. God have His plan.
1: What was the hardest, the hardest thing about being in prison, or maybe the hardest time while you were in prison? What was the most difficult?
2: You know, from my experience, we don't have the, you know, enough nutrition food, and we didn't have any hot water to drink or take the shower. Any season, we just use a cold water. And, you know, a lot of things, maybe we cannot get any respect, you know. Even they talk with you, they are so mean, you know. You feel so sad like that. But for me, I say, it's hard, but maybe God, God just to use us.
1: Did you have any health problems because of the lack of nutrition, because of the poor conditions? Did you have... Sickness or, or trouble?
2: Yeah, I I think after a couple of months, my bone, you know, so pain during the, nap, the night, I cannot go to sleep. Oh. So then I just wrote a letter to my husband. I said, can you send some like the medicine, like the vitamins to me? Yeah.
1: So your husband was able to send you letters and send you money and send you things throughout the whole two years even though he couldn't see you for that first very long period? Sometimes. Why sometimes and not other times? Uh,
2: Sometimes it just because, you know, they need reading the letter before I send out.
1: So they would monitor your letters and that would slow down the process.
2: Yeah.
1: Esther, tell me about the day that you got out of prison. What was it like after two years to walk out the door and be free?
2: I'm so happy, but at that moment, I was so sad because my, my younger one oh, forgot me. They called me auntie. Uh-huh. This is sad, thing, but I'm so happy I got free. You know, I really want left the jail. You know, I can't do anything.
1: So how long did it take your youngest to to remember? This is not auntie. This is mom.
2: I think around one or two months. Sometimes he's so confused. He called mom. Oh, auntie. Oh, mom. It's <laughs> between that.
1: <laughs> wow. As a mom, that must have just hurt so much.
2: Yeah. So right now, when I talk about that, my son just said, I'm so sorry, mommy. I forgot you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and your husband made the decision to leave China. Yeah. How... How hard was that decision, or, or what led you to say, we have to go?
2: You know, when I back home, I think the third day, February 19th or 20th, our two friends visit us. They pray for us a lot and just to make sure I'm okay, everything doing well. So we met the other city, but the policemen still put eye for us, still watch us, when we talk in the hotel, the policeman just knocked the door.
1: So you knew you were being followed and being watched everywhere you went in China.
2: Yeah. And our lawyer just say, he asked her, you need to move out to China.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you left, did you think this is only for a little while or did you think we're leaving forever?
2: I think, you know, for my husband, he, he's calling from God. He need back to China, still surveys the students. We hope one day we come back.
1: Amen. Uh, we, we will pray with you for that to happen. We talked about how we can pray for Christians in prison. Let's talk about the country of China as a whole. I know there is a lot of persecution right now, there is a lot of crackdown against the church. How can we pray for the church in China right now? Oh,
2: you know, not in, just in the church. Some sisters and brothers, they work in the government or they work in the university. They need maybe answer or meet the leaders maybe around six months, each six months. I think they got, still got so many pressure too. I think we just pray for them, like the God guarding them, care of them, give them more faith to trust God.
1: More faith. Yes. I I pray that for us as well. More faith uh, and and more ability to trust God. Esther, I'm so thankful to be able to meet you. I'm so thankful that we get to have this conversation. I want our listeners to know that it makes a difference when they pray, and it makes a difference when they write letters. Mm -hmm. Can you can you share that with them? Can you share what it means as somebody who was in prison to know that you're being prayed for, to know that the letters are coming, people are writing to you, you're not forgotten? What did that mean to you during those two years in prison?
2: We have a big family in Christ. So many of our sisters and brothers pray for us. This is very important. I know I got a Bible when I was in the jail, but this is a gift, I think a special gift, because this is from the other woman. But I know some pastor or some sisters and brothers right now in the jail, they cannot get the Bible. But just to, I think, have the conversation every day with God and pray.
1: I want to encourage you, if you're listening, to pray, for the country of China to pray for Christians in prison not only in China but around the world I I think of Pastor Wang Yi serving 9 years in prison in China right now pray for him uh, and I want to encourage you to write letters at prisoneralert.com Esther has talked about that made a difference it made a very real very practical difference for her so I want to encourage you to go to prisoneralert.com and write letters to Christians who are in prison today. Esther, what a blessing to hear your story. Thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs radio.
2: Thank you so much. I have one more thing I need to share with uh, my husband is still for the full-time missionary right now in Colorado. He still serves the university student, you know a, a so many Chinese students and a visiting scholar in CSU. So, pray continue pray for us. We Absolutely. can do that.
1: So he is still involved in Chinese student ministry. Uh, it's just in Colorado, not in China anymore. Yes. What a great thing to do and and we will pray. Our listeners will pray for you and for the ministry. Thank you so much for being with us this week.
2: You're welcome. I'm glad. I hope my story can encourage so many sister and brothers.
0: Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.